waiting. As my eyes opened, the burning light of the day was telling me to wake up, but I rolled over and moaned. I realized what day it was. It was the day I had been waiting for all year. I didn't want to snuggle in my warm, cozy bed anymore. I jumped out of my comfy bed and ran to the mirror and stood on my tippy toes. I could imagine finally being tall enough. We're going to Darien Lake today, right, Mom? I had to guarantee that I was right, and I was. Can you measure me again? My mom had been measuring me all year to see if I was tall enough for a roller coaster. Unfortunately, every time we measured, the same thing happened. I would, walk, I would walk over to the wall and put my heels right against it. My mom would pull out the yellow and green tape measure and then say, I was too short. Over and over again, I was just too short. I tried one last time. As I put my back against the cold, rough gray wall, I crossed my fingers so tight that it was painful. All I could do was hope and hope and hope that I would finally be tall enough. After my mom measured me, she simply pathetically said, sorry, Hazel, you're only 47 and a half inches tall, not 48. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I must have at least grown half an inch this past month. I really thought that it was going to be my year, but I would have to be stuck like, stick with baby rides like Moose on the Loose, boring. I would have to wait a whole nother year to ride a roller coaster. I just kept hearing the same thing repeatedly in my head, half an inch too short, half an inch too short, half an inch too short, over and over again. I looked up, at, I looked up and my mom's face lit up with joy. She, then she exclaimed, I have an idea, follow me downstairs. She took a piece of white cardboard and explained her idea. I was thinking, because you're only half an inch too short, I can maybe, well, you see, sneak a piece of cardboard in your shoes to make you taller but only because it's half an inch. Really, I shouted, you would do that? Yes, but just this once, okay? I couldn't believe that my mom would cheat so that I could ride a roller coaster. <laughs> I thought to myself, she's the coolest mom in the entire Milky Way. I could envision the things that I could do with cardboard in my shoes. Not only I could ride, that I, I could ride roller coasters, I could do a slam dunk. I could change the light bulb. I could basically do anything. It'd be totally awesome. I ran up to my room and found my pink and blue Under Armour sneakers. When I came back down to the basement, my mom had cut out white cardboard, white out, cut out the white cardboard into pieces. We had to trim the sides a few times to make it, make three pieces perfectly fit into both shoes. Now it was time to put them on. The first time I pulled my shoes over my feet, it felt uncomfortable. It felt like there was a, t a thousand tiny wood chips in my shoes. But after I walked on them for a while, I discovered that they didn't hurt anymore. I also realized that it actually felt good to have them on. They made me feel big and tall and important. I felt like I, I felt like a superhero. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just kept saying it over and over again. Because of her, I was going to get to ride on a roller coaster today. I wouldn't have to wait any longer. I was going to ride on a roller coaster today. The smile on my face at that moment was so big that no one, yes, no one, could rip it off my face. I realized that my mom had the best ideas in the world and that this was going to be the best day ever. The end.
That was Hazel's paper that she turned in recently, and she got a good grade on it, so I thought it'd be nice for her to be able to read that for us tonight. <laughs> My name is Pastor Milo. If you're a guest with us here tonight, man, I'm so glad that you decided to come to our Christmas Eve service. I trust that you will be encouraged uh, as you leave tonight, and uh, that this will just be a special time for you. Uh, you're also coming in, I have to let you know, you're coming in in the, the tail end of a, a sermon series that we've been working on together uh, called The Long Story Short. And as we've been going through this series, uh, as we've been talking through a lot of these things, it came to my mind uh, this, this week as I was prepping this that uh, there's a series of days that were very similar to what Hazel just described, the best day ever. So... If you're with us this evening and you've got one of those bulletins when you came in, uh, if you need to sneak back there and grab one, I see there's still a few extras back there. Inside of that bulletin, there is a white uh, sheet of paper for you to be able to follow along. And kids, I know you like to doodle on stuff, and so I'm going to try to give you a few prompts of things that you can do while we go through this uh, here together, a series of best days ever. If you've been in this series with us, it starts at the beginning. At the very beginning. So if you've got your pencil, write in this as your first fill-in. There is a first day for everything. A first day for everything. Kids, if you want to draw yourself a circle, a globe, make it look like the earth. If you can, if you're able to shade those in, North America, South America, and in the United States, if you want to kind of do that thing, good luck to you. Uh, it's trying to fit in that tiny space. I'm not sure if we'd be able to, but you can give it a shot, okay? So the first day, the very first day, think about this. Uh, when we, we read in, in Genesis, beginning in verse 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So it was dark. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. And all of a sudden, bang! into existence because of what God spoke into existence, all of a sudden everything began. All things began. It was a first day, and that was the best day. You understand that? That was an incredible day. And if you follow uh, through Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see a lot of first things happening uh, through those chapters. And, and we see Adam and Eve created, and we see them just excited to be able to name all the animals and make their way back and forth through the garden and just enjoy everything that there was to enjoy in this world that God had created. But along with that first day for everything, there was the first day that there was sin in the world. And we run into that in Genesis chapter 3. In verse 14 it says this, Then the Lord God said to the serpent, if you remember the story, if you know the story, that Satan came in the, the form of a serpent and he tricked uh, Eve. And he says to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly. That's why snakes crawl on their belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And so there's this battle that's going to go back and forth between mankind, humankind, and the devil, this serpent, this battle that was going to go back and forth. And all the way through Scripture, we see this battle played out. That was the first day for everything. The second fill-in for you tonight is this one, a day to laugh about. 
a day to laugh about. So kids, if you want to fill this in, maybe just draw a circle smiley face and make a smiley face there on the margin for you. This is a day to laugh about. In Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, it said, when Abram was 99 years old. Is there anyone here who's 99 years old? There actually is a chance that there's someone here 99 years old. 99, not 9. 99, okay. Not tonight. We do have actually people in our congregation who are 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless, and then I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will be called Abraham. That's something that is traditionally done by the Jewish uh, tradition, is to change your name when something significant has happened in your life. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, but her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she'll be a mother of nation. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham again fell face down and laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And God says, verse 19, Yes, your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call his name Isaac. Do you know what the name Isaac means? Laughter. It means laughter. You will name him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. That was a day to laugh about. It was a day that they looked back on. He said, remember when we were, I mean, they were looking back at this. Remember when we were 99 and 90, and God told us that we were going to have a baby? You remember that? But for generation after generation, they told this story about the greatest day ever. They had never had a child together. Now they were going to have a baby in their old age. And this was a beautiful thing, a day to laugh about. Thirdly, we come to a mountaintop day. A mountaintop day. If you want to draw a picture of a mountain there in the margin. A mountaintop day. In Genesis chapter 19, we, we meet Moses. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the sense of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. You saw what I did in Egypt, and now I have carried you out in eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be treasured. Although the whole earth is mine, because God created all the heavens and the earth, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. You will be a holy Nation. This is what Moses is being told by God, that this is what is going to happen. And then check this out. In verse 17, the same chapter, and Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. So if we're standing at the foot of the mountain, look, guess, guess what's happening here at the mountain? Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in a fire. The smoke billowed up from it like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain was trembling violently. Sounds like a volcano, doesn't it? It's trembling violently, and the sound of a trumpet grew louder and louder. And Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. This was a mountaintop experience. This was a day that if you were there, you would, you would come back after that day and say, that was the best day ever. Do you remember when we walked over to the foot of the mountain, and the mountain started shaking and trembling, and then the sound of a trumpet came out, and then God spoke to us there at the mountain. That was the best day ever. What about the day that a boy became king? The day that a boy became king. Write a, draw a picture of a crown on your margin. 
the day the boy became king, there's this battle that happens in First Channel chapter 17. As the Philistine, Goliath, moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. The story of David and Goliath. This is a favorite in our kids' ministry. They love when we talk about this story. And we get some adult to stand up on top of a chair and the kid throws stuff at him and the adult falls down on the ground and all the kids pounce on him. It's incredible. But think about it. The boy who became this, this boy, this field hand, reaches into his bag of his stones. He puts a stone in a sling. And he, not, not a little like rubber band sling we're talking about. He put this thing in a dangerous weapon and spun that thing around and he lets it fly. And wouldn't you know, they say that the guys who were good with those slings, they could actually hit a bird flying across in the air with a stone. So it wasn't an accident. It wasn't just a lucky shot. He hits Goliath square in the forehead and Goliath tumbles forward. And later, God's word through the prophet Nathan is given to David. And it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. This is 2 Samuel 7. I took you from the pasture. I took you from tending a flock and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I've cut off all of your enemies before you. Now I will make your name great. He's talking about David here, King David. I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And isn't that the case? We know the story of David. We know the story of David well because he is a great, great man. Verse 12 of the same chapter says, When your days are over, and you rest with your ancestor. I will raise up your offspring. This is key to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. In his line, I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And in this version of the Bible I'm reading here, a name is capitalized with a capital N, my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That was an incredible day. David that went to battle with Goliath, the day that David found out that in his line, the king of the kingdom that would never end was going to be in his line. That was a day that he took around and he talked to his family and he let them know, remember this day. This was the best day ever. And then we make our way through the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there's all these different stories because the New Testament is the story that the turning of the page to Jesus Christ and his ministry here on the earth. But in the middle of that, we have many, many days of silence. You see, the people after King David, things fell apart. Things got ugly. Things got messy. There was an exile where, where the enemy came in and they took them away. And then even after that, there was just this silence. On my left, you're right, we light these candles, this advent, this waiting is all about that time of silence, waiting for Christmas to come, waiting for the Messiah to be here. And then the New Testament erupts with the story of Jesus, the story of Jesus born in a manger. That is the day, that day that hope returned 
First John chapter 1 puts it this way, and you can draw a flashlight on your side for this. It says, And this was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we have looked at with our hands, we have touched. This is to proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, we testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which is with the Father and appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we write this to you to make your joy complete. You see, light had shone into the darkness. Now this light had been shown and it said, not only is it there, we have seen him and we have touched him and we have interacted with him. The author, John, is saying, I've been with Jesus and he is the one that we have waited for all these years of silence. This Jesus, he is the one. And not only have I seen him, this light has gone out. Now this light has illuminated everything because of that day in Bethlehem when God the Father sent his only son in the form of a baby in a manger. He could say, we proclaim to you have seen and heard and that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And with this, our joy is complete. That was the day that hope returned. All those days of silence had been too much, and now the day that hope had returned. But as we look forward, and we see in Scripture, in the book of Revelation, we see this, a new day for everything. If you want to draw a picture of a trumpet on the side, this would speak to it quite well. A new day for everything. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is Revelation chapter 21. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and then be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, because all these words are trustworthy and true. So what we see looking forward is we see this new day where all things are made new. See, the, the life that we live in, the day that we live in now, there's this longing, there's this waiting. And Christmas for all of us is a time where we want things to be perfect. We want this service, this gathering to be perfect. We want the music to go well. We don't want anything to fall on top of us. We don't want you to light each other on fire. All of those things, we want them to go well. Why is that? It's because there's this hungering inside of us for perfection. And where do we find that? We actually find that in the future. When the Bible says Jesus will make all things new. And there will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. There will be no suffering. And you may be here tonight and you look around and you say, how can you follow this Christ? How can you be a Christian? How do you live this life when you look around and see the awful things that I see around me? I'm not blind, folks. I see those things too. But I believe that Jesus Christ will make all things new. 
So in this series, we've talked about what is the long story short? What is the bottom line? What is the real deal here for us to be able to talk about and take away for you tonight? Here's the long story short. Today is the day. Now is the time. Today is the day. Now is the time. Some of you have been distracted above me. You see the string is running all the way across the room. Some of you have noticed it. Some of you had no idea it was there until I pointed it out. The ones who didn't notice it, you are the ones who don't notice when everything's in chaos and you have no problem with that and you sit there and you eat your Cheerios. The rest of us, you know, are having a little bit of a conniption. You couldn't focus on a word I was saying tonight because you're trying to figure out what on earth is that silly string hanging across there for. So if you think about this string as a timeline, to your left, if that's the beginning of time, that's when, bang, everything starts into motion. And on this end is the, is the end of time when God makes all things new. Somewhere in between is where we are today. Somewhere in between, if you look at the grand sp the scope of things, how big it really is, do you understand that the, this moment, this night is so very small, so very small, and yet it matters. Because today is the day, now is the time. You see, Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Or John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father except through me. The invitation has been put out there. The greatest gift ever given is given to you and to me, and we have to accept it. And that one little tick mark above me, that one little mark, that one little spot, understanding that God is going to make all things new and he's inviting you to be part of that. He says, it's going to be the best day ever. But today is the day. Now is the time. A decision must be made. You're here tonight and you get to celebrate this week after week, day after day. But do you live like in the grand scheme of life, in the grand scheme of all history, that that little mark that you got to make the decision, that you got to accept Jesus Christ in your heart, and it has changed everything for you, do you live like that little mark has made any difference in your life? I pray that you would. And I pray that if nothing else, that this, this message, this conversation about what the best day ever really would look like, Maybe, maybe tonight would be the best day ever for you because tonight was the night that you met and actually understood how the, how the manger connects to the bigger picture, the bigger story. Maybe it could be that. Would you give us an opportunity to talk about it, to open a discussion with you about it? I would love that opportunity. I know it's Christmas Eve. You're going to go home and you're going to go to sleep in 20 or 25 minutes and that'll be it, you know? Or you might be up a little bit longer. So maybe not tonight, but could we have a discussion about this later? In front of you, in the pews in front of you, there's a white connection card. If you're willing to, just write some information on that that we'd be able to follow up with you. We're not, just, we're not trying to spam you or anything like that. We, we legitimately want to be able to have a conversation with you. This would be an opening of a dialogue, be able to have a conversation, a healthy conversation. Say, you know what, Milo, I heard what you were talking about Christmas Eve. I think you're nuts. Okay, let's start there. That's a conversation. That's a dialogue. I would love the opportunity to do that. 